Welcome back to Plus Her, a Stepmom's Journeys podcast. I am your host, Anne Laurie Forbes, stepmom to two amazing boys. And on this podcast, I share my personal journey as well as the journey of other stepmoms to pass on lessons learned, tips, and any advice to all my fellow stepmamas out there. With every episode and every story shared, we aim to change the evil stepmom narrative. We want to get to know her, understand her, and appreciate her. Hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Today, we have another guest joining us, Chris Bible, who is an entrepreneur. She's a beauty industry leader and a woman advocate, helping women maximize their ambition. Of course, she's a wife and a fellow stepmama. Welcome to the Plus Her podcast, Chris. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be on this platform. Thank you for even creating it because I really believe that blended families is the new norm. So having this like this resource for step parents is phenomenal. Absolutely. I'm happy to have you and I'm so excited to share your journey with our listeners. So let's get right into it. I usually like to start with the beginning of your journey because I'm always curious to know how did it mm-hmm. all start? How did you become a stepmom? So tell me a little bit about the beginning. Go way, way back and tell me about the beginning. Sure. Um, well, way, way back was about 10 years ago. I just celebrated our eight-year anniversary, um, January 26th. Um, so I was a single mom with two kids, a 10-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. I was just getting grips of, okay, this is probably what life is going, <laughs> going to look like and be. But I got really content with that. I got content with being by myself, loving being by myself and getting to know who I am as a woman, mother, and now a single mother of two. And then just through that process, I was blessed to meet this man. His name is Eddie. Now my husband, he was a single father at the time. He had custody of his two boys, which were three and five at the time. And that was just a new experience for me. I never met, to be honest, a man who had custody of his kids and was raising them as a single dad. And there was just obviously a connection there because we shared a lot of similar stories. And to be honest, things moved very quickly. But I mean, I guess it was all for the best because we're still happily, <laughs> happily married. But it, just, it began 10 years ago, two single parents coming together, dating and not really, I guess, meant going by the rules. We kind, of, we kind of broke each other's rules down um, and created this family of, of this Brady Bunch of six. So we, we live all together in our household, four kids, two parents. Wow. Well, congratulations on being with your husband for 10 years. 10 years together, eight years married. Yeah. Congratulations. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about the transition from being a single mom to becoming a stepmom. What were some of the challenges you faced? Because obviously you were on your own before and as was he, you, it was you disciplining, it was you making all the decisions, but now mm-hmm. you're coming into this. You now have a boyfriend who has children. Now he's not your husband. You mm-hmm. have children where you can't necessarily just jump right in and discipline them. So tell me a little bit about the transition from being a single mom to now becoming a stepmom as well. You know, it was a beautiful, overwhelming transition. Once I was in my late 20s at the time, I was probably 26, 27, um, had a 10-year-old and a one-year-old, and then to bring in two other children, especially being three and five, um, Mm -hmm. I was, to be honest, because I had a boy and a girl, I was done (laughs) having kids. Um, I didn't want any more, and so just taking on that responsibility um, of being a part of that parenting 
for another, you know, child was a lot. Um, and like you said, there is, it's a transition where you're constantly learning, right? Because there are certain boundaries that are there. And sometimes you don't realize that you have to have a conversation about those until, you know, an event or something, a circumstances, you know, takes place. It was difficult. It was very challenging. One, because every dynamic is different. My husband's kids, their mother wasn't in the picture. She was very, an absent parent, wasn't very active. So his kids, when I was introduced to them, they, obviously they were very young. They didn't have a mother figure. So they really gravitated towards me like quickly. They called me mom right out of the gate, um, mm -hmm. which was something that was kind of overwhelming at first. But I mean, <laughs> but I, I loved it because being a mother is one of my, my favorite things in life to be. It's one of my biggest blessings. Um, disciplinary, it's creating, you know, boundaries, identifying what that looks like um, in our household. Um, we had, you know, I had two kids from two different, um, fathers and my, uh, my husband had two children with, you know, a prior relationship he had. So when you have different parents, either if they're, you know, part-time parents, you know, half-ass or kind of, you know, active or whatnot, there's still a level of, um, respect and boundaries that need to be created because in our case we had, um, child custody and visitation orders. And when you have, you know, California law and court involved. There definitely has to be respect there. Um, I think that it can be uncomfortable talking about how are you going to discipline? You know, is there a corporal punishment? In our household, it was we don't lay hands on each other's kids. We had to also say, you know what, in this circumstances, you know, the biological parent makes the final decision. Just also just because and his was three and five, they already had, you know, certain values and, and you know, traits already installed. And my oldest was 10. And then to be honest, you have to be realistic. You never know what, you know, the cases may be, even though you're trying to build a unit together, you know, if something was to happen in part ways, you know, you want to be able to rear your children and make the final decision. So that's what we did in our household. I love that you touched on boundaries and I want to get a little bit into that just a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But first I want to ask you, because you, you talked a little bit about the transition for yourself. How was the transition for the children? Do you have uh, maybe a conversation with them? Did they express their feelings with the new dynamics once you got with your husband? That's a really good question. And we did. We had conversations that were age appropriate for each child. Obviously, the one year old um, wasn't, you know, aware. Right. Um, and the three and five year old, like I said, I think that they had um, some some issues there with having a mother and then having some memory of her and then her being absent. So they really gravitated closely to me. Um, my 10-year-old was a different circumstance because she was obviously already 10 years old. Me and her were together for you know a very long period of time before even I had my son so there was a lot of conversation there too especially with her just being a girl mm -hmm. um, I definitely would speak with her about how she feels you know like family dates and things like that or her having interactions with him what her feedback was did she feel comfortable that you know I'm always here to support her first and foremost um, and I just have to be honest that you know obviously what it was at that time making sure that she feels comfortable telling me anything if somebody was ever and I'm being very honest like touching her you know disrespecting her knowing that I'm there to protect her and so you know and I want her to feel comfortable and she was always upfront and very honest and so as it was an easy transition in that aspect, especially with the three boys, because they played together. Um, and that was easy transition for my daughter. It took a little bit more just because she was the only girl. She was older. She wanted her privacy, you know, mm -hmm. to people in a room. So <laughs> it was more that so adjustment. But I think overall with her, you know, adjustment to, to my husband and uh, my husband's kids adjustment to me, that went very easy. 
Thank you for sharing that. And I really admire that you had that conversation with your daughter, especially, you know, her being mm-hmm. the only girl, like you said, having, you know, <laughs> these boys surrounded by boys. I really admire mm-hmm. that you had that conversation with her. That's amazing. With both you and your husband coming to the relationship with children, would you say that it made the transition a little easier because you both were coming step parents? Um, I think um, it's an interesting question. It's kind of like a, a multi-layered question. I think it became easier because we both had children, so we know what that lifestyle looks like as a parent, especially being on the same page as our kids were our priority. Our, you know, our decisions were based on the best interests of our children and making sure um, that they were at the forefront when we talk when we think about future goals, what our careers would look like, what those schedules would be, you know, um, and what we see as a lifestyle, um, that made the transition easier. I think what was the challenge was um, just, I mean, I know you said we touched on it before, it was just the boundaries and what those dynamics look like, especially when you're considering, you know, other parents involved um, and there's certain roles per se that maybe a father and mother should have but at the same time when you've been raising a kid you know by yourself for so long you've been making those decisions by yourself it's being able to kind of really trust and respect that that other parent has the ability to to co-parent healthily you know with you and at the same time have sincere intentions for wanting the best interest of your child and sometimes that really just takes time okay so let's talk about that actually because for your situation there's just like way too many hands in the pot so yeah uh, let's talk about defining some roles and responsibilities for me i'm still learning to navigate the whole stepmom role and i'm sure some Mm -hmm. of the listeners also want to know like hey when do i step in when do i step back what is required of me you know what's my Mm -hmm. role exactly so let's talk about defining some roles and responsibility um just so that we Mm -hmm. can make sure that the entire family is clear on the new dynamic when should they be established as early as possible and that will constantly change as you know you evolve as a person as a mother and a father as a parent and as the, the kids go into different ages and stages right that always changes and it, I don't necessarily say there's a right time for that you know every family dynamic is, is different I think for us early on with me and him dating getting to know each other we got to understand just like the roles and how we parent like individually um, again, and then there was respect and connection there because we we're on that same page. And then it's truly building, you know, an individual relationship with each child. Um, and you have to um, earn their trust, their respect. Um, and you do that by spending time, by, you know, engaging what their interests are, by even disciplining from a space and act of love and um, talking, you know, with your, your partner on what, you know, disciplinary looks like um, and what those boundaries are. Um, I think the worst thing to do is kind of just to try to jump right in and say, hey, you know, you can't do this and you can't do this and I'm here now. Um, Because one, you wouldn't want somebody doing that to your child. And um, that's not the healthiest way to to gain somebody's respect. But it also depends on the age of the child, right? If somebody's, you know, 10, 15 years old or something like that, you're coming into the picture, you know, there's already been a strong foundation establishment there of what habits are, what rules are, and what consequences look like, if any, so it would be a, you know, a huge adjustment versus when you're coming to the picture with a one-year-old or three-year-old, um, you have a little more leeway, if that makes sense. So in your situation, did you and your husband have me a sit-down conversation with all of the other parents involved, then establish this is how it's going to be? Man, that's the trickiest part. And that's, to be honest, where the drama comes in. <laughs> I know. But you know what? I have to ask, just because I think it's so important to define the roles and responsibilities and even to set mm-hmm. out boundaries. But we all need mm-hmm. to be on the same page, right? Not only do our husbands and ourselves need to be on the same page in the children, but like the mm-hmm. other parents that, that choose to be involved in the children's lives, we mm-hmm. all 
as a collective need to be on the same page. So I just want to know in your situation, what did you do? Give us some tips. Lord, really, what did I do? It's really just like what happened. Unfortunately, in our circumstances, as I mentioned with my husband's kids, uh, their mother was absent. I mean, they knew who their mother was. She would come in and out, but she wasn't very active. So there, I'll be honest, there was a lack, a lack of respect, right? So coming in as their stepmom, you know, I obviously took to them very quickly. I raised them as my own and, you know, she wasn't there for a long period of time. So when she would come in and out, to me, in my opinion, it would create more havoc and chaos and emotional pain for the kids. I tried to have conversations here and there with her. It wasn't that productive. In my case, with my children's father, my husband tried to do the same thing, but like everybody has to be on board and put, you know, certain feelings and emotions aside, you know, let go of certain past traumas that they may feel like they were there in a relationship and really just start making decisions that are in the best interest of the kids. In a lot of cases, that's not the case. So when there's conflict between the biological parents, it creates that issue. So we never unfortunately have a conversation sit down with all the parents and saying, hey, let's get on board with the same page. That would have been ideal, but that wasn't the case. And in fact, in our situation, there was a lot of just court battles and issues there that created tension. So we just tried to, you know, make the best decisions based on our family unit and our household while respecting the fact that, you know, our kids had other biological parents that, you know, maybe they would see every so often or see on a regular basis. Um, and abide by that. And to be honest, when you have the court systems involved, they help, you know, create those boundaries for you, right? And so you just, right. then you're adhering to a court order and respecting, you know, what those dynamics look like, making sure that, I mean, you shouldn't be putting your hands on, you know, your kids, let alone somebody else's kids. I mean, that's completely preference, but then making sure that you're speaking positively about all the parents involved, um, that you're providing emotional, mental needs, um, because it's it's a transition even for, you know, the kids, like living in, you know, households and then having now step parents, that's a huge, you know, change in their lives. I think it's important to add to when you were talking about all the parents have to be on the stage. I think it's important to add that everybody has to be a willing participant. Like you mm-hmm. said, we have to make sure that the focus of the child's well-being and we all have to be willing participant. And when you have a parent who's not willing to come together, you know, for the child, then it makes it tricky to even have that sit down conversation to make sure that you guys are on the same page. So, Talk to me about some boundaries. And when I say boundaries, I mean, what are some boundaries that we as stepmoms, we should have to keep us sane? <laughs> <laughs> You know, we did, to be honest, we did family therapy. We did it individually. We did it um, uh, marriage counseling and then collectively um, as a unit. And for us, it was very um, interesting because I had the youngest and oldest of the children and he had the two middle, right? So there was already certain um, challenges that came with that, meaning, say, for instance, my youngest would get, you know, more chances or more leeway or get away with more Right. Uh, because he was younger, right? But then my oldest would get them, you know, most privileges, obviously by earning it, but at the same time, she would get more privileges. So sometimes those middle two felt like, oh, you know, I'm not getting this and this person's getting away with that. And so to cut down on people feeling like they're being treated unfairly, we literally created like a, a behavior chart, something similar to it would be like a chore chart or whatever, right? So these are certain rules that we have in the house, whether it be, you know, if you break this one, just like how, you know, kids would have at school. These are what the expectations are. And if you break this, you know, there may be a verbal warning, a second verbal warning, and then, you know, a consequence to that. Consequences could be good or bad. And so we would have that there. So it would be a clear expectation for the children and even for us as parents, right? So that we're not 
sometimes we can discipline kids based on our mood, right? If we're in a good mood, oh, we'll let that slide. If we're in a bad mood, then we want to, you know, discipline, right? And that's not fair to the child. So having clear expectations for everybody in the household of these are the expectations, these are the consequences, and then having it there for everybody to see makes everybody feel like, okay, I understand what I'm, what's expected of me. And if I do this or that, or don't do this and that, that these are the consequences that follow. So that helps with that because we have such a wide variety of ages in the house. Uh, and then it cut down on the argument in between sometimes like, you know, you can have with your partner, right? Where somebody may me feel more sensitive that you're picking on my child or this is not fair. Or that's not fair. You collectively come together as a unit, create these guidelines together and you follow through together as a unit with your family. I absolutely love that a behavioral chart. I absolutely love that because that was going to be something I was going to ask you. How do you make sure that a child doesn't feel a certain type of way because one of them's getting mm-hmm. away with something or how come? you know, this one's not, is getting away or this one's getting more in trouble and whatnot. So I absolutely love that because like you said, it sets out a clear expectation and everybody mm-hmm. knows this is the standard and it doesn't matter whether you're yep. dad's child or my, whatever, it's one mm-hmm. family, one goal. And this is what we expect as your parents. So I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Cause I think that somebody could definitely use that. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know, you've been married for eight years. You guys have been together for 10 years and because unfortunately their biological mother has not been in their lives and you dived in right away. Do you feel that you are a cohesive family? And what do you think attributed to you being a cohesive family? I think cohesive family came from just a jump because that's just where my heart and spirit is. I came from a blended family. So I have, uh, my mother was a single mother of five, but we had different fathers. So there was, just the understanding of differences in the house, but unity as well. And so, like I said, like I stepped up to the plate as the the mother figure. And because they were so young, like they call me mom and I call them son. Like in our household, like we don't even like refer to like stepmom, stepson, things of that nature, stepdaughter. And that's just what works in our household. We also explain to them that, you know, it's a blessing to have two parents, regardless if it's, you know, a step parent, biological parent. Um, and then to be, you know, understand that they're blessed to have, you know, extended family, right? So their other mother or their other fathers to have that family there, like how blessed they are to then to have two moms or two dads. So always speaking of it as a positive light. Um, and so when you take that approach with that intention, that kind of already creates that cohesiveness. Um, and then just making a conscious effort, you consciously have to make those efforts into building a bond, because I will be honest, like, in the beginning, right, I had a closer bond with my kids, obviously, than I, I did with his kids. And so you really have to spend time with them. I prayed a lot. Um, like I said, we went to, to therapy to gain certain tools and to really listen to each kid. Because even though as little people, they still have their own experiences at their own age and their own feelings and emotions tied to them. Um, and so just being that support system for them. So I think it's just consciously you know, uh, making decisions with purpose and intention um, is what creates that cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. I agree with that as well. You know, for us as well, I don't refer to my boys as my stepsons. Even the word stepmom, I use it to reference this podcast. Um, obviously, yeah. if I didn't say stepmom, then people wouldn't know specifically what I'm talking about. <laughs> so for the purposes mm-hmm. of my podcast, obviously, I use the word stepmom. At home, they're, they're my boys, they're my sons, and that I've never used the word stepson with them. And my story is a little similar to yours, where my husband has them full time, and I came in and Basically, they grew up right in front of me, right? So, yeah, I love that. How do you think that husbands can help their wives 
navigate the step parenting role. And I want to add another question to this. Since your husband is, is a stepfather, how did you help mm-hmm. him foster a relationship with your children? I think the best way that we've done it in our household is having trust and respect for each other as this parent figure for each other's children. Um, and that takes time, even though you can have a strong bond with your, you know, your husband, your, your partner, certain trust is built over time. And especially when I was a single mom for so long, and even in his circumstance, it was just understanding that I made a decision. I trust this person, you know, with my, my child's life, with their best interest being at heart and respecting what that looks like and then letting go. Right. (laughs) It's like for me or maybe for women or mother, just to kind of like let go. And that was something that I had to to learn on my own. I think really helped him was saying, okay, you know, if he makes a certain decision, let me just support him this time. It may not be what I have chosen. It may be completely different, but you know, if we can get the outcome that we, you know, we want, then we're doing it as a unit. Um, and the same thing, he would have to respect me and saying, Hey, you know what? I told the boys this, this is what the decision is. I just need your support on that. And then really actively practicing that because I think one thing that can happen in a household is there'll be discrepancies on something and kids, no matter how young they are, they're very, very intelligent, very smart, and they learn manipulation at a very young age. You have disagreements, especially when it comes to discipline and things like that in front of them, they will use that and play it, play you guys against each other. And that's what happened in our household um, for a few years. And that's what therapy really helped us understand is that mommy and daddy are a unit. We make decisions together, and if there's disagreements, we respectfully try to, you know, our best to, you know, handle that behind closed doors and then come together to, with the kids saying, hey, this is what mommy and daddy decided, um, and that's how we gained even, you know, it, it brought peace in the house for, for each other and then respect as well. Because the children pick up on any cracks in the foundation. They pick up on any <laughs> gaps. Like, they will pick it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how old are your four kids? The oldest is 16, and the youngest is 9. You know, I told my husband this just last week, I told him, if you and I are not on the same page and we don't communicate and then go to the boys as a team to say, this is what's happening, then they're mm-hmm. always going to be able to take it, either take advantage of me. Not that I'm saying that's what they would do, but you know, it's just, there's a gap there. So mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of, you know, and figure out a way to get out of something if it wasn't presented to them as a united front, right? It was just dad saying something, but hey, like I didn't know about it. So it's so important to be on the same page when it comes to this. To, to do that double check-in, right? That, that checks and balances where if like a child does ask you something that you make sure to be like, oh, did you ask your dad or did you ask your mom? Um, mm-hmm. That way, you know, they're not just coming to one person to get a certain outcome all the time that you're saying, well, let me check with your dad. Let me check with your mom. Let, let me see or ask them too, um, because that cuts down on the miscommunication as well. Right. And that shows them that, yeah, no, dad and mom, same team. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the mm-hmm. same answer, but just double check like we're this is same team. <laughs> same team. Don't try it over here. <laughs> yep. So I want to know what has being a stepmom taught you about yourself? Obviously, you were a mom before, but the stepmom mm-hmm. journey, it's unique. What has that a specific journey taught you about yourself? <sighs> That's a really interesting question. To realize that I can dig deeper to give more. There's such a reward when you can love a child like your own when they're not biologically yours. Somebody who has a biological child and a stepchild will understand the two, especially depending on the dynamics of when that stepchild came into your life, how old the child was. So for me, it really just taught me that 
you know, I have so much more to give, um, to dig deeper and cater to each child, you know, differently mm-hmm. in our household, because we have such a wide variety of ages, you really just have to understand that each child is different based on personality, on behavior, on interest in one. Um, one child may be, you know, way more affectionate than the other. Somebody, you know, one child you may just need to raise your voice at, and that's enough to di- discipline. Somebody else, you may have to go above and beyond and take, you know, privileges away. So, um, caring for each child uniquely as well, um, and always being consciously aware of that. So, just knowing that I have so much more and love to give, um, and to dig deeper to be able to do that to a child that's not biologically yours. So I feel like there's a natural bond there when you obviously were pregnant, you gave birth, you were there in the early years. Um, obviously, there's a natural bond that's there. So when you have a stepchild, you have to nurture and grow that bond. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love to ask this question to my fellow stepmamas, because I think that it's important to um, do some self-reflection. And when mm-hmm. I started this podcast, I had to take the time to reflect on my journey. And then I realized that there are things I I learned about myself throughout this journey. So I'm like, you know what? I would love to hear what other stepmoms learn about yourself. So you've shared so many great tips with us and given us some great advice. Something that I learned from you on this episode was definitely the behavioral chart that you shared with us. Mm -hmm. But I want to know if there was one piece of advice that you can give to a new stepmom, what would it be? One piece of advice? I think it would be be easy on yourself. I think that as mothers, we are very self-critical just as women in general, naturally, um, and then take, you know, the motherhood to another level. So just know that there's no book that it's okay to learn as you go. It's okay to make mistakes as long as you acknowledge those and you make a conscious effort to improve and be better. Um, I would really say I'm a mother who leads by example. So I don't like the hypocrites of, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And then um, just really making a conscious effort so that each child feels loved equally. I think that's one of the most hardest things in a blended family is that one child may feel neglected or not feel treated the same. um, And you don't want that to happen. There's a lot of different interesting dynamics that can be involved. And so really nurturing each child. And sometimes you might have to love on one child a little bit more or, you know, spending like date night, right? Where you take one child out and do an activity that they really enjoy and they really like, they feel special and they feel catered to. Um, Those would be my my advices. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Chris, I really enjoyed this conversation and learning even more about your step-parenting journey. Um, What is it that you're hoping that people will gain from your story? Um, That I think that we have a lot more in common than, you know, we give ourselves credit for. So, I mean, a lot of people feel like they may be alone, that this isn't normal, that they're just, they're not alone, that the challenges out there to raise children, let alone a blended family is a lot. I think even more so when it's a blended family. So just know that they're not alone, the struggle, the challenges, the arguments, the disappointments, the anger, the good times, the bad times, that's all normal, those emotions. And just to and to know that there's tools and different, you know, talk to people so you can get those different ideas and tactics that you can try to implement to bring more peace and bring more, you know, harmony into your home. My slogan for the Plus Word podcast is, I hear you, I see you, and I feel you. So definitely, mm. um, that's a great reminder to letting our, our fellow stepmoms know that they're not alone. We may have different 
journeys, but there are definitely some some similarities in our stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that our listeners will definitely gain some hope by listening to your journey. Well, to conclude, as you know, plus our podcast, it's all about changing the evil stepmom narrative. So my final question to you is how do you think we can change that evil stepmom narrative? Through love, through love and patience, like love, you know, heals all wounds and just setting that example um, and just being consciously aware to give that love and give that nurture. um, Because I think that negative stereotype of connotation that a stepmom gets is because they treat that child differently. And if the love is there, um, that changes that narrative. So. That's beautiful. Love is the answer. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so cliche, right? But it's true. (laughs) But it's true. It's it's really true. So thank you for that reminder. Well, I really appreciate your willingness to share your story with our fellow stepmamas. By sharing your story, it's helping us get one step closer to changing the evil stepmom narrative. So I appreciate (laughs) you sharing the story. And I was so excited to have you on. So thank you once again. Thank you, Anne. And I love the platform that you're, you're created. And I can't wait to see it just blow up and grow and, and the tools and resources that people will finally have to change that narrative. So thank you so much. No problem. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. If you're enjoying this podcast and have not already done so, please be sure to rate it and subscribe for more. And if you enjoyed today's episode, why not leave a review? Listen, I would love to continue this conversation with you. So connect with us at Plus Her on Instagram and Twitter. Upload a picture of this episode and tag us. Hashtag Plus Her Podcast. And for those of you who are shy, shoot me an email. Hello at plusher.ca. Tell me, what resonated with you the most from today's episode? What struck a chord? Last but not least, I want you to remember to share this episode with a stepmama who needs it. Share it with a friend. Remember, sharing is caring. Until next time, hugs and kisses.